With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to Bad to Classics, the cinematic movie podcast that takes you to the iconic films of 20 years ago, right here on iHeartRadio. I'm your guy, Jay Alonzo, with me as always, a botman crime. Danger Neff, what's going on, brother? How are you? What up, Danger? You know, another day in paradise, you know, trying to stay out of this heat, man. Like, it's a. Uh, this heat is unbearable. You know that scene in Terminator 2 where. Uh, where Sarah Connor is having that, that vivid dream and she sees like like the city getting nuked and like her skin just like burns off to burns, her skeleton. Yeah, yeah, burns to her skull. Yeah, 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 that's me. Like literally this I'll week. Tell you, I'll tell you something crazy. Yesterday I was at work and I had to uh, you know eventually go outside. You know, it was lunchtime mm-hmm. and uh, I, I go outside and it was, oh man, like three thirty. Okay, when yeah. the sun is highest in the sky. Mm-hmm. Now, I know some of y'all nerds are going to say, well, was, high noon is when it's highs in the sky. Well, sir, Not here in Vegas. Sir, sir, you know shit, okay? <laughs> sir, you are wrong. You are wrong, okay? Because <laughs> at 3 o'clock, all, right over here on the West Coast, the sun is highest in the sky, and sir, it's hot. Not only is it hot, it feels like the scene in T2 where Sarah thinks her skin is melting to skull. Because I literally walked outside, and it felt like... I am a walking corpse now. It's that hot outside. You know Makes things worse. I, we have two brand new security guards at my job. One of them, which I think is a, is a bitch move on his part, but he works from 6 a.m. to 2 p.m. So you start when it's not as hot, going to, oh, it's pretty hot outside. Right. That's the guy. The female guard, though, starts at 2.30, works till 9 why do you think I didn't get out of my car yesterday when I saw you? Like I was like I was like, man, Jay needs to respond to his phone like right now. And I was, <laughs> and I, 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 I wouldn't want to subject anybody to that bullshit. That's horrible. That's horrible. Why are you working such a such? A, I mean, granted, you, you make your money the best way you make your money. No shade there. But baby girl, why do you take that shift? That's a horrible shift. It's, you start when it's hot, hot. Oh man, I can't even imagine. Like like. She's got to deal with all sorts of stuff, you know. She her hair, hair's gonna get all nappy and whatnot, and got that under boob sweat. Going like, on. Like, like you want to tow cars <laughs> in 112 <laughs> degree heat? <laughs> no way. Well, I have, I have no respect for those repo men. I'm sorry. Nah, no, not at all. Nah. So besides uh, it being hot as all, backdraft, double balls. You know what? How was your week? No, it was cool. Like I went to. Uh, y- you know what? This week was like that productive week. Where where it was like you have to like handle shit, and it's time to handle the shit that that you need. So it's like okay, so so my family's out of town, right? And uh, so like like w- I had repairs to do in the house. Like I had to repair like like my tub, and then the like guest bedroom mm-hmm. toilet like broke over the weekend, um, and then I made money moves, and I saved a whole shitload of money. Oh man, it was. Did you switch to Geico? Not necessarily. Um, you know what I did? Um, not not to ruin my secret, but I was able to book a flight uh, through Spirit, and I know I know about the back fees and whatnot. But you know, I'm fuck Spirit Airlines. Okay, but hold on, hold on. 
I booked a flight round trip from New Orleans for $112. I mean, that's 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 the oh my god, like, oh, this is so cheap. But then they charge you to breathe. Of course. Look, I that's why I'm not gonna pay to breathe. Like, like I'm just gonna, you know. You know how long that put, flight is? Ugh. So I, I know how long that flight is. That flight's good. That flight's like six hours, and all I and need. you can hold your breath for six hours. You you cannot drink or eat nothing for six hours straight. Hey man, I got a lot of fat on me. You know, my hey. my, my my stomach can just start eating itself. I'm like right. pizza the hut. And I'm talking shit like like I know how to take spirit maybe twice this year already. So <laughs> wow, <laughs> I gotta up our budget. As long as it's not United. So what's on the docket today, man? We're talking about we got some trailers to cover. We got but trailers bigger to cover. news to cover as well. All right, so. News came out uh, towards the end of last week um, that Disney, because of the moves, uh, because of the money that was made from the Star Wars anthology movie Solo, a Star Wars story, uh, that they have actually shelved further anthology movies to focus on the ending of the uh, the ending of Star Wars, uh, episode the episode nine, right, the current trilogy, until the. Ryan Johnson trilogy, if they ever decide to actually fucking do that, um, and that's kind of big news because it's like it's like when when Episode Seven came out, they were uh, it was literally one of those things where it's like, oh man, Episode Seven came out, we are saying no to all this stuff, uh, expanding the universe doesn't exist anymore, and we're gonna start making stuff. Right. So they made Seven, and it was good. Then Rogue One came out. And I really liked Rogue One. I understand why some people didn't, but I just think that you guys are pansy, so I don't I really actually, care. I, I actually enjoyed Rogue, Rogue One for what it was. I thought it, I thought it was great. Solo, eh. you don't like eh. it? Uh, eh. What's there? It's like I, can't, <laughs> I didn't dislike it. I didn't like it. Okay. Eh. All right. Eh. Here's here's how you gotta look at Solo. If you are a Star Wars fan. First off, there's no pleasing you. Like, like, there's just no way. You're just a pansy. I'm serious. There's, I'm serious. <laughs> you, pansy. <laughs> we didn't bring that word back. You know, screw pussy. You don't pansy, boy. Yeah, but I feel like pansy is such a strong, like, makes you fucked up by it. You never know. Well, what's the difference between that and pussy? Very. You're right. <laughs> please, please continue. Um. Anyway, so these pansy fanboys, you know, they, they're, they're never happy. Like. Like it doesn't matter. It, it, what they basically want is they want the original trilogy all over again, but they don't. But they don't want to slap the name Star Wars on it, right. you know. And that's a problem with it. Like you're not going to recapture the magic from something that fucking started in 1978. Like I'm sorry, it's just it's not going to happen. So just accept for what they've done now. You either like it or you don't like it. As simple as that. But when I look at when I look at you know Solo. I can appreciate it for what it is. Like, I don't think Donald Glover did a bad job. I don't think Alden Emmerich. Sure, yeah, I guess. Emmerich. Yeah. Iron Reich. Emmerich. Iron Reich. Emmerich. I don't think they did a bad job. Mm-hmm. And and I'm a Game of Thrones fan, so Amelia Clark is always interesting to me. Um, Tanny Newton did pretty well. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, and I get that it's nothing incredibly special in terms of Star Wars universe. But it's not like a bad movie, mm. you know. If anybody that actually says it's a bad movie, like, like, all I gotta say to you is that you're not a movie fan. Right. That's what I gotta say. I'll say this. Um, like you, I, I did enjoy Rogue One uh, solo, eh, but I think it's more so about the fact that we went from having no Star Wars movies at all. After the uh, the last trilogy, the god awful one that everybody just despises. Right, and now everybody loves. Everyone's all like, "Oh, it's not really that bad." Whenever, man, I was hearing you, you guys you back lie. in the day. You, you lie. lie, you lie. But but I will say that when things begin begin to get too good, cause I remember when Force Awakens dropped. Force when Force Awakens dropped, it was a huge, huge deal. It was right. a, it was a banger. The minute it dropped, it was oh shit! It, it made so much money. And then they announced the anthology films. So now we're now we're going from having no Star Wars for the last for like the last ten years to now we're getting fucking two movies, three movies a year now. Right. And it's like, how much Star Wars is too much Star Wars? Well, and that's and 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 that's the difference between that and superhero movies. Because well, yeah, well, well, because well, well, with superhero movies, you're getting a different character. My point is, it's like 
at what point do we go <coughs> from it being we're trying to explore this anthology about this 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 iconic character? We're trying to further a story with the uh, with the new trilogy. How? Where is the line between story development focusing on you know the you know the aura that is Star Wars versus it being just a money grab? See, and 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 that I definitely agree with you because if you were to ask me. Two years ago, do we need a solo movie? I would tell you, no. Literally, no. Because Not because I don't think that it couldn't be well-made or that it couldn't be enjoyable, but it just it didn't really do any... I didn't really need to know the backstory of Han mm-hmm. Solo because, in all seriousness, like, like I got the backstory of Han Solo through right. the original trilogy. Right. I, don't, I don't need much more than that. Um, and same thing with Obi-Wan and same thing with Boba Fett. I don't really need that. What I would really like to see, if they really want to do a Star Wars story like that, is I'd like to see the underground stuff. I'd like to see the smugglers. I'd like to see, you know, a group of people that has nothing to do with Jedis, that has nothing to do with being part of that Star Wars lore and exploring that galaxy. I'd like to explore where, where you know, you get the really shady stuff that's kind of going on. Right. You know, that's more interesting to me than Jedi's at this point. Because, first off, because I already know how it's going to end. Like, I already know how the original trilogy ends. Um, and while I did really enjoy Rogue One, it's kind of in the same ballpark range of that. So so where do you think we go from here, though, as far as... Well, for now, for now, the best thing to do is to finish the trilogy and finish strong. Mm-hmm. You know, re-garner that interest into it. And then, uh, you know, explore, you know. Because, like, I, because you, we, we both know the reception to uh, Last Jedi was not great. See, and that's the thing. Like, I can appreciate Last Jedi for what it, for what it is because the truth is, is that here's what Ryan Johnson did. He said, you know what? This is my story. Like, I'm making my movie, and this is the story I want to tell, and this is what I think of these characters. And... Whether you like it or not, it's something you got to respect. He took a lot of fucking risk in that movie. Right. In fact, he almost took too many risks in that movie. And that's why people have a problem with it. But the God honest truth with it is that it was going to stale. Hmm. Like, like it was, seriously. Like, like after Rogue One, what happens to that movie is almost exactly the same as, as Empire. Everybody, well, well, it's not going to garner any interest that, again. Like you said earlier, these anthology movies... We pretty much know how it ends. Right. It leads up to a certain part in the, what we now know as that Star Wars universe. Right. So almost like, what's the real point of, of, of having him? And that's why, and that's why I appreciate Ryan Johnson's take on it. Like, and, 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 like and, and, he just said, I want something new. And at this point, we, we know that Obi Wan is shelved, Boba Fett is shelved. Right, and for now, that's where it's going to stay at. Mm-hmm. You know, Episode Nine is going to drop uh, next year. You know, and then from there we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see what happens. You know, and I'm okay with that. Come back to a Star Wars, but take your time. Really? Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's okay take to take a year off. It's, it's all or, right. Or or two. It's okay with that. Star Wars is like the Drake of like films right now. They're dropping new shit every day. Moving on, get to some trailers. So we had a pretty interesting trailer that that. Uh, I watched. Yeah, yeah, it was. And the thing is, is that I, I've been on this kick of <laughs> re-listening to Kendrick Lamar's "Damn," um, because I just I love that track "Fear." Like, like I think of that that track hey. "Fear." And it's just like it's like that's it. You're coming that's to, exactly you're, you're coming to the cookout. <laughs> hey. That's exactly like how I how how I almost feel like growing up, mm-hmm. even though I didn't experience it experience it in that same fashion where it was like. Where it's like, you know, he's just like afraid. Anyways, the movie that's dropping. T-H-U-G. T-H-U-G. The The Hate hate You you Give. give. Strong title. Very. um, Stronger than black clansmen. No, that's that's the right title. I love this title. It's a a spite league joint, so whatever. But uh, it's based off a book. Um... Uh, a best-selling, a best-selling novel. I can't think of the uh, the author's name for life me right now, but it took a little time to get, to, to get this movie off the ground. Yeah, uh, why is that? I, I'm not too sure. I, I know they had some issues due to a particular cast member, uh, of course, falling into the Me Too movement shit, and you know, so they had to do some reshoots. But uh, it's directed by George Tillman Jr. If you know George Tillman, he did Notorious, he did Soul Food. Um, uh, Men of Honor, so he has some, you know, some pretty strong films under his belt. But this by far looks like some of the strongest 
film film filmmaking he's ever done. Um, yeah, I agree. It. Uh, I really don't want to spoil spoil too much uh, in the trailer because I do feel like I feel like I understand what the message is, but it's like think of it this way: if if you were if you are African American or Hispanic or if you are not white, and I'm just being honest there, and I'm and and keep in mind, people, I'm white, so I'm just saying saying it. Danger, like it David is. Neff is white. <laughs> Spoiler alert for those who don't know. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's that moment where where you kind of have to question, you know, and life is good for you. Right. Like like everything has kind of the stars are kind of lined up, and a situation happens that really kind of makes you open your eyes and see mm. like how the world really is when when you're not stuck in your own little stars. Right. You know, when you're not stuck in in that little highway, that little that little golden brick road, mm. and you decide to stray off. So it's like, and. And you have to come up with a choice of do I want to continue to live this good life, which let's be honest, there's I don't really blame anybody that decides to do that, or do I want to speak up about it? Right. And that's a thing, you know, for whatever stupid reason, every day I go and I read comments of people and their fucking racist selves, you know, because it's like a reminder to me that's like that's like you know people just don't see the narrative they don't see the problem you know they don't they don't see the issues that are at hand i'm glad you bring that up because the one <coughs> fear no pun intended uh that i have uh with this movie is the fact that it's so reminiscent of what's going on today now with that being said it the cast was great yes common regina hall russell hornsby uh, uh the young lady from uh, everything everything um the young man from from detroit the cast looks great. The writing seems pretty special. Filming look, the, the cinematography looks beautiful, and, and, and it's right on time with what's going on today. However, with every day, not 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 so much every day, but but definitely once a week or once every two weeks, we always come across that situation where this one white person is. Tripping out on, on on the black person about some random shit, like for example. Oh, uh, oh! Last per, week, the whole lady permit, with the permit patty or whatever. Yeah, permit patty. Them. What the fuck is that shit? You know, what I'm, saying? I'm pretending to call the cops. So you, oh my god, can I rant? Well, before you do, before you do, before you do, <laughs> just this week, uh, pool patrol Paula is, is what they call this new chick now. I haven't, I haven't this lady seen this one at at some neighborhood pool or some apartment complex pool kicks a bunch of black kids out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You don't belong here. Leave. And it actually assaults one of the kids. Right? Oh, my God. And it gets better. The police are called. Police comes out to the chick like, well, what's your fucking problem? She assaults the police. But what I find funny about this, about all of this, it's always, all the, ones, all the ones that they get caught on camera, it's always somebody in a position of like, you make some good money doing what you're doing, or you have a great high-profile job, and now you just got caught on camera doing some incredibly racist shit. And, of course, your job is going to cut you. My whole thing on, on Permit Patty, which, which that's your name, and I'm sorry, but you're a racist. Like, okay. <laughs> you are racist. You are racist. Like, okay. You decide to, you decide to basically pretend to call the cops, all right? Not real. But pretend to call the cops because a little girl was being loud and trying to sell water. Let me explain. On something. a hot ass day. Okay, let me let me explain something. At three thirty in the afternoon here, on, <laughs> here in Vegas, it is hot as hail, and I don't care who I buy my water from, because 
on the on the strip, you got people, you know, pulling up coolers and selling it for a dollar. Fine, they're making a buck. Who fucking cares? You know, they're also providing a service by actually offering water to people. So permit and saving lives if you think about it. Right. It's fucking hot out here. Right. So permit patty, like my whole thing on you is this. You decide to you you were so spiteful that you decided to call the cops on a little girl, knowing that something dumb could happen. You know, because it, like lose your, uh, your your ties with a very popular marijuana brand, right? <clears throat> you know, you 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 knew something dumb could happen. You know what what if, what if that actually turned into a tragedy? I'm not here to to knock on the cops or whatnot. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to say is, what if something dumb had happened? You know, because you decided to call the cops on an eight year old little girl. And the funny thing is, honestly, permit Patty, she really called and they never showed. Honestly, so, permit Patty, cops never showed, and you lose your business. Good, yeah. Honestly, I'm just gonna say this because because I'm I have a chip on my shoulder this week. Uh, Perman Patty, go fuck yourself. Seriously. Said from the white guy. All right. <laughs> so the hate you give. Are, are you catching it? Yeah. No, it, it was like. All right. Let me be fair. The first minute of the trailer, um, first minute of the trailer uh, didn't didn't exactly excite me. Mm-hmm. The second minute is when I I got like pumped and You're I was like all in. So so yeah, definitely check out the trailer. Make up your own decision. Make up your own mind. But it looks like it's going to be great. Isn't is, isn't she the little? Isn't she Rue from the Hunger Games? Isn't that the same little girl? Uh, is she? I, I think thought, it is. I know she's in that movie Everything Everything that came out last. I think year. she's Rue. I think it's the same girl. I haven't seen Hunger Games in a long time, so I couldn't tell you. Well, I, 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 remember, gonna... I remember her. Like, yeah. like she was pretty phenomenal. On that. Moving on to the final trailer review for the night before we get to this here shindig. Finally, we have a trailer for Creed 2. And damn it, it feels great. I got loyalty, got royalty, inside my DNA. Where did Kendrick? Go ahead. <laughs> um, you know, my, my father, his favorite Rocky movie is Rocky IV. All right, and that's the Ivan Drago one. He is convinced that that movie had had something to do with uh, the fall of uh, the fall of the Berlin Wall, the relations of U.S. and Russia is where it is now, as he likes to tell me. Anyways, gain outside of that, when I see this, I when I first heard of the concept where they were like, "Oh, now now we're going to do the story of of Creed fighting the son." Yeah, son of versus son. I didn't I didn't really care for the concept. I did because because one of the mistakes that I thought they actually made in in the Rocky series was actually killing off Apollo Creed. Hmm. Spoiler alert! Sorry, like it's from '85. Um, that was one of my biggest issues with it. But uh, man, it, it looks good. Michael B. Jordan looks like he's in he's in a whole. He, he looks like he's been training day in and day out. Tessa Thompson always looking so wonderful and so beautiful. Um, Tessa they now, they now have, they now have a kid. Listen, 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 you know? listen, listen, listen. Tessa Thompson looks delicious. You understand me, mate? There's fine, and then there's delicious. She looks delicious. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! But yes, um, what did you think? I thought the trailer was fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, let me speak on, on why I said I wasn't too gung ho about the uh, Drago thing because. It was almost like expected, because eventually Adonis Adonis was gonna address the fact that his father was killed in the ring mm-hmm. by Ivan Drago. Right, and and not and not only that, mercilessly, he didn't give a shit. If he dies, he dies. That 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 iconic yet dreadful line, you know. And real quick, want to speak on that? Like, that's my one problem with with this. I don't know if they cast the right guy for Ivan Drago's son. He's just like he he's a professional well, boxer. We, we don't know that yet. We don't know. We don't know, but but I know they had their choice of two other guys. Um and one of them is actually a pretty decent actor, and I really would have liked to see that. Because Dolph Lundgren was fucking memorable mm-hmm. in that shit. Mm-hmm. He was amazing as Ivan Drago. It's and he nice. did not speak at all. No, he's had a very scary demeanor. He was bro. menacing. He like, absolutely was. You gotta shoot he him. was a six six lean white motherfucker that that just looked like he could whoop the shit out of anybody. Yeah, you gotta shoot him. I'm not fighting. <laughs> him. I'm, I'm not fighting him out of you. I'm gonna go ahead and shoot him. But I, I love that it, it, 
it, the feel is it continues from the very first Creed yes. when he lost the first fight, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to it. I think Michael B looks fucking juiced. I uh, mean, he looks swole city. Uh, Stallone looks great. Tessa Thompson looks great. Uh, I'm very open, very interested in seeing what's going on with this. Uh, the use of Kendrick's uh, DNA was, was perfect. Of course, yeah. So I mean, I'm de- I'm definitely down for it. Thanksgiving and drops. Did the first one come out Thanksgiving too? Around it came right around that time. I think it did drop on Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is time for Creed. <laughs> All right, man. So let's get into this thing. Our feature presentation, if you will. Are you ready for two minute drill? I am ready. It should, it should be like a minute ten drug. These questions are hard to come up with. I don't know, man. You'd be amazed. I, I got right. it. I, I, I'm good to go. You ready? Yep. All right. Two minute drill starts now. Danger Neff. Miss mm-hmm. Parkis is allergic to what? Shellfish. That is correct. Uh, what did Sharice change her name to? Like a seasoning. Paprika. There, there you go. go. Paprika. Paprika <laughs> little. All right. Uh, who voiced the dog John owned as a kid? As a kid? That's Ellen DeGeneres. Ah, damn it. Uh, which company is taking over? Cownet. Yes. All right. Uh, Dr. Fish is played by whom? Fish? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Shit. <laughs> uh, what is the first animal John treats? Uh, um, shit. Sorry. You got me. What is it? Yes, he pulled the damn. Yes. All right. Uh, how much time is left? We got time. Plenty of it. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Um, who plays John's wife? Oh, uh, uh Kristen Wilson. Shit. Uh, what sign is on Maya's cabin? What sign? Sign. There's an actual sign. Aries? Nope. Three, two, one. Aries. Aries. Close. Close. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. Um, John is sitting in the mental institution mm-hmm. discussing what with two other patients? Uh, uh, how Mr. Ed was able to talk and they placed peanut butter on the top of his <laughs> What's the name of the mental institution? Shady Acres? Nope. Ah, oh, that's, that's something like the Jim Carrey one. All right, come on. Oh, Three, two, one. It's, up. it's Hammersmith's. That's not like a horrible place. Hey, right? Hammersmith's. You want to get Acres. well, boy? I feel like I feel like Shady Acres is like a horrible place to be. <laughs> I think you're right. I think that was Ace Ventura's. Uh, it had to be, yeah. Right. What Shady Acres? Like, Man, that scene from Ace Ventura is like my favorite. <laughs> if you don't know what movie we're talking about, taking it back to 1998, we're back in, in the DeLorean with uh, Doctor Doctor Doolittle. Can you believe it's been 20 years since it's this drop? 20 years since the first Doctor Doolittle, and then what's funny? This dropped at like the peak of Eddie Murphy, like when he was still twenty million dollars per movie, and right. you, you know, um, I want to say Pluto Nash has not come yet. No, no, because that 01. came in the two thousand. Oh one, yep. So he's still red hot. Right. This is this is like right at the end of it, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Beginning to peak. Um, original release date June 26, nineteen ninety eight. Shares opening weekend with Buffalo sixty six. The uh, Vincent Gallo movie. Oh, I have a great something to bring up to you once we get past this. Uh, Buffalo 66, Out of Sight, and Smoke Signals. Out of Sight is a great movie. Okay, I've seen Smoke Signals, and it's like one of the only times you get to see a chick from uh, Titanic fully nude. Um, uh, okay, what is it? Yeah, no, fully nude. Like, you see everything. That was the only memorable part. <laughs> uh, production budget was $70.5 million with a box office total of $294.4 million. Well, it makes sense. Summer um, movie. Eddie Murphy. Kids, kids are out of school. Family friendly. Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. Movie current holds at 43% on Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes. Is that fair? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, that that that's about that's about an even number right there. 
So before we get into um, Dr. Doolittle and all his... Tell me about this Vincent Gallo Have you ever story? seen a movie called... Um, shit, what's it called? Uh, no, that's, I never saw that one. I know. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm drawing a blank. It's is it him. With, is it with Vincent Gallo? Yeah, it's, it's directed by Vincent Gallo, starring Vincent Gallo, but it's Vincent and, like, Chloe Sevigny. You're talking about the one where he gets a BJ. Brown Bunny. Yeah. Have you seen Brown Bunny? I have. That's when you get, where he actually gets a BJ. Yeah, a full-blown right? BJ. Yeah. The movie is so odd, even leading up to that BJ scene. Because <laughs> technically, <laughs> that's rape. <laughs> what actually happens is it's actually rape. No, man, it's artistic. You know, it's like it's like working it's like working for HBO now. It's not porn, it's HBO. Gotcha. It's not <laughs> <laughs> It's not consent. It's rape. Um yeah, I just want to bring it up because like I, I came across the movie the other day on the most random of random times. I'm like, oh, the brown bunny. I've never seen it all the way through. Oh, this is disturbing. <laughs> this is disturbing. I can't believe who I really want to know what was going on through his head. Uh, actually, I know what was going on through his head during that time. He was like, he was like, hey, she, she's kind of hot. How can I make money off of this? And she was down for it, too. That's crazy. Yeah, so, Dr. Doolittle, <laughs> what was your first experience with, with uh, Dr. Doolittle? Oh, so what? I, 90, 98, I was uh, like 11. About that. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'd still be 10. So, um,. Yeah, no, I'm, I was close. Yeah, I was done. Anyways, it, 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 it don't, it don't matter. Um, Aaliyah, are you that somebody? Yeah, yeah. 69 Boys, Woof Woof. Um, Ray J was on it. I really feel like they spent a lot more money on the soundtrack than they should have on the movie. What? Do you yeah. know they made a video game off, off of this? Yes. Also, they made about five sequels as well. Yeah. Although the sequel, uh, okay, the second one is all right. Dr. Doolittle 2? It's all right. Here's, here's something funny. I've never seen it. Well, that's good. That's definitely not a super throwback we're going to be doing. Nope. <laughs> I can tell you, I've never seen that. I remember um, when, when Doolittle 2 came out, I, we, were, we were definitely in high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we were definitely in high school. But it was a song on the soundtrack, like back in the day when like all the making of bands and all that shit was going on. Oh, my God. I know O-Town was on the soundtrack. Oh, God. O-Town. <laughs> Uh, old town, <laughs> but but, uh, but this movie to me, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it the guilty pleasure. What I would call it though, it was just something that was right for his time. Um, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. It was okay because because you know we've we've all heard the story of Doctor Doolittle, the, the guy who talks to animals. Right. Well, Originally, that, this is like a remake from like the '60s. It was like a movie yeah. from 1967. And, that, and that's a remake like that. from that. And that's based off a book. So, right. you know, the Doctor who, who can who can talk to animals, and then you put Eddie Murphy in that position, it should make for some good jokes, you know. Right. Now, at the time, we're talking damn near A-list voice cast: Chris Rock as riding the hamster. Norm MacDonald as just, Lucky. Just um, finished his role in SNL. And yeah, Gary Shandling, um, uh, Recipes, mm-hmm. played one of the pigeons. And Ellen DeGeneres is, is the, the dog that John owned when he was a kid. John Leguizamo played, John Leguizamo, one, of rat, played yeah, one of the rats. You know? So at the time. And, uh, Jenna Elfman played the owl. Yes. Yeah. Right. I have a hawk. I have a hawk. Oh, Albert Brooks played the tiger. <laughs> Albert Brooks played the tiger. Yeah. He sure so, did. So we've had um, a great voice cast. <laughs> And really, that voice cast really provides the majority of the comedy in this movie. Let's also be fair. We also had Raven Simone in it. Um, is this during or right before that's so Raven got This is almost like the bubbling point of like getting that's Raven off the ground. Right. Because she still runs for like another legit like seven, eight years on just that's so Raven. Right. And, and, you know, that was a huge Disney product for, for a while. And it's like, I, I'm sure she commanded a hell of a lot more on that sequel. Because anything sequel came out. No one. Oh, one. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, same year we got Pluto Nash. We won't talk about that, though. We won't talk about that. Uh, but John Doolittle, played by Eddie Murphy, he's uh, he's talking to the dog when he's a kid. And um, his father, uh, Ossie Davis, mm-hmm. rest in peace, uh, at first thought it was something cute. But then he realizes, like, my son could actually be possessed by the damn devil. This is some devil shit. Because he actually <laughs> he meets, <laughs> he meets his principal... And the principal, you know, 
extends his hand, he walks around and sniffs his ass because the dog told him no. That's how we say what's up. Right. <laughs> so you're not a fan. You know, that, that opening scene was actually pretty funny. Yeah, like, if you think about it, that scene was actually pretty <laughs> funny because it's like, how you doing, John? And he's just looking at the hand like, nah, bro. That, that next Nice scene, to meet you, bro. Like, that next scene was was phenomenal. That may have actually been the, the funniest scene in that movie. It definitely gives an opening to like how he got the way he, how he became who, who he became and how he lost that. Right. his father thought it was a handicap. Right, so then what does he do? Instead of, instead of, Taking him to a doctor or something. No, no, no. He thinks he's possessed by the devil. <laughs> and they call in the priest to exercise. Exorcism. <laughs> and of course, the dog bites and shot the priest, and now, right. and now the dog's gone. But the way the priest was shaking the child was hilarious because it just it all. You know what it, remind, it reminded me of? Everybody hates Chris, mm-hmm. like or uh, or something that I would see in the Bernie Mac show. You know, it was just so ridiculous looking and and so fucking hilarious, like. Like, I, I couldn't stop laughing last time when I kept saying that because he just looked, like, genuinely, like, petrified. I don't know who that kid was, but... Yeah, he, he had, a, he, he he had the Eddie it. Murphy look down, though. He did! Like, like a young Eddie. Like, he, he had the Eddie Murphy look down, for sure. I know. Um, as an adult, uh, he's now a doctor, surgeon, living in good old San Fran where the hills are, are high. And, uh, you know, people riding down them are in grave danger. But that's, <laughs> that's a different story. But uh, he's married now, has two daughters with Lisa, with fine-ass Krista Wilson. And... His daughter Maya, played by Kyla Pratt, now pretty much has this, you know, has his sensibility when it comes to animals, but not his talent. Not yet, obviously. Not in yet, sequel, obviously. In the sequels, that would be We don't watch those, more, But, so but we don't, right. Yeah, whatever. But um, it, this movie does fly by. It's, an hour and a half, it's literally an hour and a half long, and it flies I by. I don't even think it's an hour and a half. I think it's like 85 minutes tops. Wow. Uh, so they're sending off uh, Myra, Maya to go to camp, right? Because you know he, they feel like you know you get better friends and you know you'll thank me later. I'm just doing parent shit, right? Also, in the process of this, uh, John, who has a successful medical practice, mm-hmm. um, they're about to be uh, bought and merged with with a bigger uh, uh, company uh, owned by Peter Boyle. Boyle rest in peace. It's well. a lot of dead people. A lot of dead people. A lot of people died in the last 20 years, Jay. There's a lot of great actors in this movie who are no longer with us. So, Ossie Davis, Peter Boyle, uh, Gary Shandling. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, Ossie Davis. Oh, I was Ossie Davis. Yeah. I think the rest of them are still alive. Yeah, I think Albert are. Brooks is definitely still Albert, alive. He's still kicking. He's still around. Albert Platt, who was just in Bullworth earlier this year as well. I don't know. You know, you know what irritates me about uh, Oliver Platt and taking in these roles is like he uh, they try to make it seem like like the biggest asshole mm-hmm. out there, and the dude has some legitimate comedic chops, and it's like all at that time he could get was like being the biggest asshole. He was in this, he, he was in Ray Rumba, which is a which is a, a fan favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a guilty pleasure, and he's just he's hilarious in, in how he transforms himself <laughs> into this professional wrestler who's supposed to be able to take on. Uh, Supposed to be able to take on Goldberg and Sting like no problem has been undefeated, right. you know. You see what I mean? And and you look at Oliver Platt and he just looks like some normal dude, you know. Oh, it's a sketchy bastard too. Yeah, but man, he he's played some great roles. But I don't know, that kind of irritated me about that. Anyways, so they're they take Maya to to. Uh, they're going to take it take her to. But they're, going, but they're going on vacation first, right? And um, and John's gonna meet them for vac- yeah, they he, vacation. He's still working on stuff, right? Because he's about to do the merger, mm-hmm. right? Uh, he was supposed to do it that weekend, mm-hmm. um, and he didn't realize it was gonna come up like that. But he decides he he says, "Yeah, let me go ahead and get this out of the way," and whatnot. On the way, uh, on the way there, he gets called in to do a night shift because. Because uh, his number one patient, who is fucking ugly as hell, um, okay, let, let's, let's talk about let, her. Let's her for really quick. <laughs> he has this patient who has been told numerous times, "You cannot eat shellfish." You take him out the shell, <laughs> you still can't eat shellfish. Man, man, that was one of the funniest things. She was like, she was like, I took it out of the shell. 
It, uh, or, or, or what do you say? You said, uh, what's the second word in there? Shell. He's like, there you, he's go. Like, there you go. And it's like, when did you learn your lesson? Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, and she she sees, never did. She sees him twice. And, and the third time we see her, she's sneaking the damn shellfish in the bathroom, which is nasty enough. But you know what's about to happen to you in like an hour? Oh, my God. <laughs> Why would you bring an actual crab to a place that could be infested with crabs? <laughs> <laughs> no cover, no nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, he, he's at the lunch with uh, uh, Peter Boyle's character and, and his partners, right. and he's hearing scattered chatter, thinking that he's, ta- he's talking to his, his colleagues. Right. Well, actually, before that, real quick, before that, you know, he had to he, he had to see this patient, give her a shot. It's like two a.m. It's two in the morning, and on his way home. He swerves out of the way to avoid, and, to avoid hitting the dog. I think he actually nicked the dog, but they didn't actually like see, uh, see that. Um, I mean, not for the and kids, he hears not for and he hears the voice of Norm Macdonald, who plays the dog. Uh, you know, call him a bonehead. Watch where you're going, bonehead. You know, and he wasn't sure exactly what he heard, but he went to sleep. That's when the merger happened. Mm-hmm. The next morning, the merger happens, and uh, yeah, you know, he, he's sitting there and he. Again, thinks he hears voices. Comes to realize that they could actually be the pigeons right behind the table that's over there eating the bread. Right. You know, and uh, he, he feels like he's starting to go a little bit crazy. Now, I feel like this movie touches on many different things. First of all, we're not going to skip over the fact that there's a suicidal tiger <laughs> in this movie. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Hold but, on. So we have a suicidal tiger. Mm-hmm. We have an exorcism, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and we got a, a person uh, bringing, bringing, bringing we, we crabs. Have, we, have a, we have a womanizing pigeon. A womanizing pigeon. We have a uh, womanizing dogs. Mm-hmm. We have uh, dogs getting stuff stuck in their butts and pretty much swallowing such. Um, How's this a family movie? It's PG. <laughs> Who knows? But uh, but uh, but the, the shit the, the shit hits the fan. He's he's finally driving out to uh, meet his family at the at the their little camping parking thing they're doing. But he has to pick up the rodent. He has, he has to, pick to get up. the rodent, aka right. Roddy, the, the the guinea pig. Which Chris Rock does make a very strong statement. I'm like, hmm, why do they call you guinea pigs? <laughs> hmm. uh, but uh, he gets Rodney, puts him in the thing, puts him in, in, in the passenger side, and they're driving. And a typical Chris Rock Eddie Murphy banter. Chris Rock, as the, as the guinea pig, starts to say, oh, it's a beautiful day out. And, and, and Eddie goes, yeah, you're right. Nothing like that. What? You can hear me? Uh, I can hear you? <laughs> and, of course, it's just, it's just mad day from now. Right. And so, at this point, John Doolittle thinks he's losing his fucking mind. Right. And 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 that's pretty legitimate. Like, like I think he's losing his mind, too. Yeah. If you, if you were talking to, 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 <coughs> to any kind of animal, I, I'd say you're tripping. You know, if we didn't get that opening scene, if you think about it, we would think there's something really wrong with him. Yeah, absolutely. This could turn into like a, a House MD episode instead. But basically, how this how this whole thing presses on is that more animals begin to talk to him. Uh, he makes it back to first of all, he has a nervous breakdown mm-hmm. out there in, in, at the campground. Yep. So he has to run back to the city to meet up with his doctor friend, who by the way is like two a.m. and he's like, "This can't wait till tomorrow." First off. How cool of a doctor are you to like be out there for your friend, willing to do a cat scan? And then you call me like, "Hey, you, you want to get you, you want to get together for a drink or a cat scan?" Or <laughs> I'm like, "Whoa, let's do this shit in the morning." Right? It is. I'm one, fucking it's, sleeping. Right? It's one a.m. You know. Well, you know, I'm just talking to animals. You know that that that, that old chestnut. Nah, bro. Well, I'm fucking sleeping. <laughs> but he, he gets with him, and he's pretty much lead, leading him to believe that. Um, that, you know, you're under stress. You know, right. what you think is happening is not really happening. Right, of course. You know, the merger's going the on. The merger's going through. Your wife's giving you problems. Your kid's growing up, whatever the case may be. But as time progresses, people, like, these animals are showing up at the door now. Like, showing them to his house. Right. And he's doing, you know, uh, therapy work. He's working on, you know, the ghost testes. He, I mean, he's doing everything. Yeah, and I said this movie does fly by, and this has to be the epitome of what you think a, a family comedy would be. Because first of all, no kids' attention span is that long. Right. Number one. Number two. What? Where? Uh, where can we go 
with the Doctor Doolittle, except have him talk to animals. Everybody thinks he's crazy. He himself believes he's crazy. And, right. And he gets admitted. Now, the Paul Giamatti scene at the, at the uh, Crazy House. That scene was funny because at the time, I had this undying hatred for Paul Giamatti. <laughs> and there's a reason why. Because you saw Big Fat Liar. I saw Big Fat Liar. He was such a mean grunch. <laughs> but more that movie, than that. That movie's amazing. But more than that. He was playing characters I just didn't fucking care for, like right. the asshole uh, uh, um, radio runner in the private parts. And right. Like, I like, dude, I don't like you in a lot of shit. And so. Yeah, I'm really glad his career went in a different way. Yeah, totally. And so at this point, he's now been admitted into uh, Shady Acres. Right. <laughs> and right. Uh, Hammerschmitz. And he, and he says that he, he's no longer talking to the animals, even though he gets the tip from the animal. That's uh, Paul Giamatti's character wears a uh, a pink tutu with, with the thong out mm-hmm. in his closet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he gets out, and just like that, the movie has now gone by an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, you know, one of the things that that I do appreciate with this movie is that it at least was focused on trying to get trying and it's to, tight, right? Trying to get the entire movie like like done in eighty five minutes, and right. like like this is a story we're basically telling. And the and the entire concept of this movie is pretty simple. A guy who is excellent at his job because it's clear that he's very very good at his job mm-hmm. um, has uh, rediscovered a, a gift um, that he had and uh, realizes that that's secretly kind of what he wants to do. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know after that, it, you know, and and that that's a good message to to kind of give, especially to the kids, as as much as as screwed up things that they did try to get the laughs out of. Out of this, um, I mean, it's a good message. You know, you want your kids to to kind of pursue, kind of pursue the things that they actually want to pursue, right. instead of like forcing them into you know something that they're that they may just be good at, but they don't even want to do. Right. It's like it's like you remember that uh, you remember that kid, little Hercules. He Who? was like he was like the nine year old bodybuilder. Like the the kid had abs. You know, he I could do remember him. I right. do remember him. Well, come to find out, like, like you know, he he didn't even like bodybuilding, like, like after a while, you know. But he was just like this big story that had to be the same, and that and that's kind of like the message that this movie is trying to send. You know, do the things that you always want to do if it's something that you absolutely enjoy <clears throat> to want to do. Um. So, talk about. Oh, you know what? I want to ask you about something. Yeah. The CGI in this movie. I feel like Lucky's CGI was very well done. Better than better most. than normal, yeah. Better than most. Like I, f- I found Lucky to be outside of Rodney being one of the more entertaining parts of the movie. As far as like when uh, Tavers' character sticks the the thermometer oh, up there part, and yeah. he's looking up at at Eddie like, "Yep, it's going south for the winter." Yep, there you go. But just following it, and just the way that they put together Lucky as far as CGI wise, I thought it was perfect. Right, but then you get Jake the Tiger, and it seems with Eddie, you're not gonna put Eddie Murphy in a fucking live scene with the Tiger. No, obviously not. But that is clearly green screen. Right. No, you can tell it is. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, what what you you know one of the things that that was kind of tough to to figure out was after a while, where did you think this movie was gonna go? Like like once you. Once he hit, because I don't think you, we were introduced to Jake. I think we were just introduced to Jake right before he goes to the uh, yeah, mental we, hospital. We don't get into Jake until almost halfway through the second act. Right. You know, so I would say. Where do you think it was going to go? Uh, I feel as if once, once he was getting admitted, after we meet Jake, I feel as if. It was gonna go the way I was gonna go. Like one of the one of the animals, perfectly lucky, was gonna come and visit him. Right. Said, "Listen, this is your gift." Some somebody was gonna tell him, "This is your gift." Right. Embrace it, and then that was, and then obviously he'll go back for Jake. Help out Jake. That's the movie. I just thought it was really interesting that like that like if you really like if you were to do a traditional story plot for you, you know, mm-hmm. though this is the intro, rising action, climax, falling action, and ending, like. We got a lot of rising action before mm-hmm. it was like it was like the climax is you meet Jake, you know, and and Jake is the tiger played by Albert Brooks. 
he basically has a problem with double vision and things things along those lines. Right. Um, and you know he and and like any good doctor, any good doctor, you know you're curious and you want to try to figure out like what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. You know. So, anyways, we get towards we get towards the the end of the film. Uh, they do they have this huge 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 friggin' party, you know, to announce this press conference. The you're right, the Calnet merge, and. Um, Eddie Murphy, um, Eddie Murphy at this point, you know, he, he had heard, overheard a conversation with Maya and his father, um, or her grandfather at this point, where, uh, where she didn't believe that Eddie Murphy, like, even really liked her. Right. You know? And, I mean, that's a little sad, but it's like, it's like he realized that he really should start embracing the person that he was always meant to be and to be this weird person because well, it, the money's going to come. Regardless. And your daughter's not too far behind. Right, exactly. And she views what you do as as inspiration. Right. You know? And I love that scene too because when uh, uh, Archer, the little uh, John's father, right. is saying you know to to calm Maya down, saying he's saying what he's saying. Uh, you know, sometimes us daddies we need to change. That was a double meaning to it because that's like me telling. John, you need to embrace what you have. Right. Him telling himself. Right. I stole your joy by by thinking that you were crazy. Right. You know what I'm saying? Amazing scene. Awesome scene. Very, 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 very powerful scene. You know, because then by the time uh, we get to the actual surgery with Jake. Right. And now Lisa is like, he still he, he talk to animals. He can. He can talk to animals. Right. I thought he was tripping. You know, I thought he was out of his fucking mind. It turns out he really can talk to animals, you know? Yeah, great scene. And, and it shows, like, you know, not everybody is as crazy as they look or as crazy as it seems. I'm not saying nobody in, in real time will talk to animals. If you do, you're fucking nutty. But, you know. That scene's important because it's like you see it in other films, like Billy Elliot. Mm-hmm. All right. Billy Elliot is, you know, I, if, I, I think I'm getting the movie right, but it's a movie where like, where like the kid is an ultra talented like dancer mm-hmm. and wants to basically be in ballet. Billy Elliot, right? Um, but you know, because he's a male, like that's just that's just completely different, like out of the norm. That's not what I want for my son, right? You know, so it's like that line where it's sometimes daddies need to change too. Like, mm-hmm. like it's kind of good to to reflect upon that and say, you know what? What's actually making my kid happy? You know, me taking me taking my kid to football practice or taking her to cheerleading practice, is that actually something that she wants to do? Is that actually something that that, you know, they, they want to enjoy? And that's that's important for, for any parent to try to figure out whether you're a dad or a mom or whatnot, it doesn't matter. Anyways, the end of the film comes up and the surgery happens and the surgery is basically winds up being that it's a blood clot. That's causing all these issues. Uh, right. that, that's doing. That's doing what it is. And uh, I, one of my favorite scenes in, in that is obviously Peter Boyle's. Like, we're gonna make a fortune off this guy, basically. You know, I, this is after, of course, Oliver Platt is like, kind of starts talking shit about him, <laughs> but then he like changes his tune, well, and then the, the pigeons just, yeah, and then the pigeons just start yeah. shitting on him, literally. So that was amazing. Also, you realize that uh, John does commit grand larceny. He, he kidnaps a tiger from a circus. Of course. They never explore that. And police do come. They never explore that further. Does it get blocked up? Or because he did a good deed, did let it go? Well, I think I think what they, they realize is that, he, look, he, he probably did get locked up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's, all right, all right, hold on. Are we, are we actually talking like like in, in the real world, he gets locked up. Oh, real world, he gets he gets, he, he gets, he gets, he gets locked up. He gets locked up. He, he, and he loses medical license and all that through jazz. And through. Right. <laughs> but in the movie world, uh, listen, you did a good deal. Yeah. We'll let it go. Here's your happy ending. Come on, man. Fuck a that. Dude, a, dude gets, uh, a dude got probation, you know, this past week because uh, his son, who who is a NASCAR driver, his car caught on fire, and he ran out onto the track seven seconds before the paramedics did, and pulled his son out of the car, and he got probation on the track. It's like, it's like, it's that's like that's the world. That, that's the world we live in now. Hmm. And it's like everybody's like, oh well, you should have followed the rules. If my kid dies, who fucking cares about the rules? 
Yeah. Bullshit. He is bullshit. Well, anyway, moving on. Uh, he, so, so John <laughs> doesn't go to jail, clearly. Right. But uh, he has now become both a doctor and a veterinarian, mm-hmm. which I kind of saw that coming. And then, yeah. of course, Maya's, uh, egg hatch, Maya's egg does eventually hatch and is now a baby alligator. Right. Hilarious to me, as a father, there's no fucking way that that's staying in the house. That's going right oh, back no. to the zoo. Oh, no. And, and and the other part of it is that the size of that egg, that doesn't carry a baby alligator. That carries an ostrich. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Mama? Mama? So Get that's the movie. That's Dr. Doolittle in all its glory. Um, as we know, the, uh, another Dr. Doolittle is on the way. Starring Robert Downey Jr. Really? Yeah, I think they've already announced like the voice cast and everything. Oh, okay. Will it be co- comical? I, I would hope so. I don't see a movie like Doctor Doolittle being anything but a comedy. Cause there's Can you no way if it's a horror movie. That'd be a scary ass fucking <laughs> horror movie, like, Dude, like your Pomeranian talking to you and wants to kill you, dude. That's a scary ass horror movie. Robert Downey Jr. is like looking deep and you know after seeing his wife like cheat on him, Just talk he to looks me. he looks he looks straight at his pit bull and he goes, "Killer, sick balls." And he just you know there you go. Horror movie starts. So let's get the takeaways. <laughs> Uh, Danger, David Neff. Who's getting your that guy award? Um, you know what? I'm actually going to give it to Eddie Murphy's father. Hmm. He doesn't have a major role, and the character arc definitely goes to Eddie Murphy. Let me be fair. John definitely, definitely is is the entire arc of this. But for him to recognize the own issues that he had that he had uh, growing up, and finally learning that lesson. And convincing, you know, somebody really important to John because he kind of needed that vote of confidence from somebody, you know, and his wife to actually go out there. That's a pretty stand-up move. And to actually be a good grandfather mm-hmm. along all that. Okay. That, that's, that's, that's pretty stand-up. That's your word. Uh, it's probably going to go to Maya, yeah. you know, the little girl. Um, it's no offense to, to the wife. Like, I know they were trying to do something there. I didn't feel the chemistry between them at all. Um, she really just a pretty face. Yeah, she really is. I mean, she is gorgeous. Don't get me wrong, but, um, nah, Maya, Maya was cool. You know, Maya was literally that, that, uh, girl that is trying to understand what's going on in the world and is interested in all these things. And, mm. you know, once the love and respect of her father, can't go wrong with that. This full award. There's a lot of them in this movie. <laughs> there is, there There's is, few fools th- in this there, there, there is, there is easily three fools. Um, but I'm gonna give it to the patient. Oh, Mrs. Uh, what was her name? Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Shellfish give face. It to the patient. Shellfish face. Yeah. yeah Why? Two reasons. One, you ain't listening to your doctor. Mm-hmm. You're taking something that could legitimately kill you because that's what it was doing to you and continuing that. And two, we're taking crabs in a possibly crab-infested place. Nasty. You nasty. Nasty. And why would your ass look like that anyway? That's nasty. Okay. Uh, what about uh, cut that out? Mm, I mean, it's a tight script. Uh, some of the banter between the rats... And him, like I just, like they try to get me to hate the rats, and I was like, I don't care about the rats. And then that ending scene where the owl is chasing the rats, like I don't care. Um, Right. Iconic scene. Iconic scene is actually going to be the talk between uh, the father and Maya. Mm. Um, I just thought it was a good scene. You know, uh, it it kind of, it's the scene that like kind of makes you re-question some of your own personal commitments and saying, am I actually doing the right thing for my own child? Right. Uh, for me, my that guy award is going to go to John because obviously he has the best comeuppance. <coughs> uh, he has you know, the climax in his character. Um, and ultimately, you know, it's Eddie, Mur- it's Eddie Murphy's movie and, you know, he, for the lack of comedy, if you will, from that character, he still it's a strong performance. Sure. Um, that chick award... I'm going to agree with you. It's going to go to Maya. No, sorry, take it back. No. I took my mind. It's going to go to Paprika. Um, yeah? Yeah. It's going He's to go because I have an 11-year-old daughter. And at one point, she wanted she wanted to change her name to, 
I think uh, Chandrell or some shit. I was like, Sean, I Sean, Sean, what? Chandrell or something like that. I said, your fucking name is Naya. Let's leave it at that. Cool, cool. <laughs> so, but to watch her do all these antics that young preteens do is like, oh yeah, that's my kid all the way. So, yeah, that's it, dope, man. It goes to Paprika. Uh, this full award easily, easily goes to Oliver Platt. Mm, yeah, easily. Now, I was. I was stuck between either Oliver Platt or that light-skinned black dude with the weird ponytail. Because you never quite know why he's there, but he's there for some reason. Right. But Oliver Platt, because he's such a money-grubbing, money-hungry <laughs> prick. What? Yeah, but at least he's honest about it. Like, but at least he's honest about it. He, like, tell, he tells John directly, listen, don't come to me for comfort because I'm not going to be the one. That's he's like, he's like I, I am a self-absorbed man. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no. why, that's why I can't give it to him. He, he said, knows what he is. He said, let's get Gene. Gene? <laughs> Gene is sensitive. He's not. You want to get Gene? Gene's good at this. Gene! <laughs> uh, cut that out. I'm with you. It, it, it's, it's a really tight script, so it's hard to find something to cut out. But I would say... Um, man, that's crazy. I'm, I'm going to have to agree. Oh, I'll probably gonna cut the whole animals uh, visiting his house. Cut it a little short. But for the most cut, part, cut back on that scene. Cut back on it a little, bit. maybe. Okay. Yeah, not so much like the whole goat thing. I mean, it's not like Spike Lee. Spike Lee is spending twenty minutes on the fucking scene. Very true. Very true. But I just feel like some of the, some of the, you know, him being the sole doctor for all these animals could could have been cut back a little bit. But sure. Uh, iconic scene. I'm gonna go opposite you. I'm gonna go the opening scene to this movie is iconic because it definitely lays out exactly who John Doolittle is. Right. And how he was able to come up, how he was able to develop this this talent to where it, it, if this is a, a gift from God, this is a, like an alien spaceship just crashed and it gave him something, or he just one day, you can talk to animals. So right. it's like, that's what I would, that's where I would go as far as iconic scenes. So, All right. for me, let's get in the quickest. We can wrap this puppy up. Uh, quick hits. At one point, Eddie Murphy is watching the original Dr. Dr. Doolittle on TV. I saw that one coming. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, come on. That, is, is, that, is that really a takeaway? How is that a takeaway? How? It's an Easter egg. Okay. I didn't notice that until like maybe 20 years later. Watching, <laughs> right. Oh, Dr. Doolittle. Oh, there you go. There it is. Uh, Eddie Murphy is terrified of live animals. And insisted that as many as possible be super, superimposed digitally in scenes. When he couldn't avoid acting in the same room as an animal, the shots frequently ended with Murphy screaming. How many scenes is he actually with an animal? Oh, a few of them, actually. It's quite a bit. So obviously, he, the tiger scene is not him. So it means him in the lucky scene, you're screaming and shit? You're, you're, you're deathly afraid of animals? Deathly. And that's why you start in Pluto Nash. That's why. That's why your career took a dive. Um, Howard Stern was offered was offered the chance to voice a, a hamster, but turned it down. Good move. Great move. This is a family movie. Right. You don't want Howard Stern. Attack. You know what? I appreciate Howard, but no, he is not a family friendly person. Nah, not. For I, me. I remember watching the Howard Stern show on Spike when I was growing up. Not for me. Nah. Uh, this was Eddie Murphy's second movie remake in which he played a character. That was previously played by a Caucasian actor. He had remade The Nutty Professor two years earlier. Yeah, he did. With a stick to the white man, take his roles. No? Sure, yeah. Yeah. You, were, you, <laughs> you, were, you know what's good? You, know you what's were down happen? earlier, Dave. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's going to happen like 20 years later? Like, like it's going to be like, oh, the, the white man is taking all the black roles now, you know? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Uh, Oh, wow. Think about that for a second. Uh, <laughs> blood in, blood out, remake with all white people. Ooh, Ooh no. That would be horrible. No, that, that, that's just a like high school musical. New Jack City with all white people? Ooh. Wow. Ah. Ooh, why'd you say that? Because. That it's, hurt it's, my it's soul. It's in the atmosphere now. It oh, actually hurt my God. soul. Scarface with all. Oh, no, that is all white people. Take There's back. a good amount of white yeah, people. Yeah, it's a that. nice little amount. Okay. Uh, you ever see the wood? With Omar Epps? Nah, are, you, are you familiar with it? Mm-hmm. The wood with all white people. I think about that. Yeah. Well, Superfly. Bo- no, with all Boom- white no people. Boomerang. Eddie Murphy's Boomerang with all white people. Mm. Superfly with all white people. 
Same hair. With the soundtrack by, <laughs> soundtrack by Kenny Loggins? Yo, yeah. I'm down. Soundtrack Kenny Loggins. <laughs> I'm down for that. <laughs> I'm totally down for that. Eddie uh, Murphy. Is, is Kenny Loggins like, like our national hero? He, uh, yeah. John Mellencamp. Fucking, uh, who else? <laughs> Who else is called in, in, in white Why don't you just say country music? You could have just gone country music with that. Billy Ray Cyrus can do the soundtrack. Why not? Billy Ray Cyrus. Get out of here. Eddie Murphy, Chris <laughs> Rock, and Gilbert Gottfried all appeared in Beverly Hills Cop 2. Yeah. As well as, as appearing in this. Yeah, they did. Uh, also, last but not least, Albert Brooks voices Jake the Tiger. Ellen DeGeneres voices the dog that John owned as a child at the beginning of the movie. They would later come together and start in Finding Nemo and Finding Dory. Yes, they did. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's today's uh, that's today's show with the uh, soundtrack by John Mellencamp, featuring Future. <laughs> and uh, what that what, what, what would that even sound like? Oh God. <laughs> uh, we are working on some shit up here at Beat Network. We are very excited about. Um, actually, when, when we're done with the show, we're gonna go over some ideas with uh, the big boss himself, Los. Uh, besides that. Danger David Neff, where can they find you? As always, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I actually technically have a Snapchat. I didn't even realize I still had that thing up. Oh, so you, you discovered you have a Snapchat? No, no. You I ain't re- snapping. I rediscovered that as Snapchat. No, because, you know, you know, I used to send it to girls, and uh, they ain't working anymore. So, uh, I, You know what? Because it only lasts all the time. As soon as you open right. it, it's gone. <laughs> Oh, is that how it works? And if you screenshot my shit, it's going to tell me you screenshot my shit. So you can find me at David-Neff on Snapchat. You can also find me at David Danger Neff on Instagram, Twitter, and you can look me up on Facebook as well. I'll talk to you. You talk back to me, and uh, we'll have a discussion. I am more than welcome to discuss anything. World Cup. Is totally going on. My team of Spain pretty much has a walk-in into the finals, mm-hmm. uh, which, uh, uh, hey, man, I got a great World Cup story. I ain't going to lie. Mm. Um, so really excited about that. Uh, we are definitely going to be back, but first and foremost, let me reintroduce my partner in crime. The guy. The Batman. Jay Alonzo. You can find me on all the social media simply at I am Jay Alonzo. That's Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. Of course, back to the classics. Our uh, Instagram page is up and popping. At BTTC Podcast. You get the uh, the previews to all the upcoming shows. And, of course, uh, now our Twitter page is up. BTTC Podcast. Hey. Follow us there. We'll follow you back. Probably not. Uh... Does that mean? That's not kind of mean. Nah. Nah, whatever. And uh, don't forget to jump on to BeatNetworkOnline.com for links to all your favorite podcasts, as well as your awesome sauce merch, which we're we're putting our ideas together to get some better merch for you guys. We need a shirt with a good logo, with a good quote on it. What do we say a lot on the show? Uh, Back Outside of Baxter Classics? Yeah. Uh, Um, I don't know. You got to find a catchphrase. A really good catchphrase. Hop in the DeLorean. Say oh, that yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, we 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 say that a lot. Or <laughs> the DeLorean needs gas. Right, there you go. Yeah. yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Um, we'll see y'all next week. Um, of course, uh, me and Dave, we are still working on our our new movie review show, which is coming to you very, very, very soon. And uh, besides that, we'll see you folks next week. LeBron for the Lakers on Friday. Oh, uh, they're, uh, they just reopened up talks with uh, the Spurs for Kawhi. To go, to go to the Lakers. Yeah, to go to the Lakers. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're going to get jumped, yeah. and we're going to beat the Warriors, and we're going to go all the way. Purple and gold, bitch. See y'all next week. See Peace.